Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Blake. Hi, I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Julia, the Dragonborn Eldritch Knight. And John. Hey, hey, hey. I'm John, playing Illuminus, Elven Monk. And Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I will be playing Talia, the Human Rogue. And Oliver. I'm Oliver, and I will be playing Edel Belmont, the Hellsworn Paladin. And Shane. That's my name. I'm playing uh, Alexander the Bard slash wizard. The last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, um, you guys made it to Karn Lee. You were tasked by uh, one of the higher ups in the city, a councilwoman named Ares Goldsmith, who contracted you to take out one of her rivals before she would tell you anything about where to find one of the uh, artifacts. Um, so she gave you a target by the no, uh, name of uh, Dorn Stonehide uh, and where he could be located in an apartment. Um, you went there and took out his bodyguard, his wife, and him. Um, you also found a chest that had 500 gold in it. And in the process, Talia was picking the lock and was poisoned, but uh, was promptly uh, depoisoned. Uh, by Adel. So uh, you guys are back at the end, and I'm assuming taking a rest? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yep. Before we go to bed, I want to ask Juliet some questions. By all means. Um, I have zero problem with, with killing people. I just want to know, what, what the hell did we just do? Oh, right. Uh... You see, we are a group of professionals who try and hold an ideal above all others to summon our great savior. She's a bit of a handful, as you can tell, considering what we have to do for her, but every step is a step in the right direction for this universe and our savior. That sounds like a load of... Let me... Let me rephrase this, I guess. Um, I'm not a kid. I've been on the streets far too long. You can be honest with me. What just happened? Okay, fair enough. You are... You did guide us here, and you deserve all the answers that we have to give. We're problem solvers for a... a well, I guess the disrespectful way to put it would be a cult. But uh, we're part of a group called the Red Talons who seek to bring... Mm, a great destroyer and we're hoping rebirth i assume to the world uh that was sealed away long ago by several archmages we don't think they did quite the right thing and 
And I'll be really, really, really honest here. I only joined because I didn't have much of a choice. What happened was that uh, we were doing some very good things to try and stop this. And uh, one of the Red Talon members came, showed up, and kicked our friend's ass. And instead of dying, we decided to go along and play with him. I so, assume that this will be profitable for everyone involved? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Money for everyone, comfort for everyone, and of course, a nice bunch of people to share it all with. Okay, uh, how can I help? Uh, okay, at, uh, this, uh, at this point, um, what he's explained to you, uh, with it being the Red Talons, Talia, you know exactly who they are, and you know that they uh, worship uh, Ruin Axis. So, do you have any questions about that? Uh, I, not at this time, I don't think. Uh, mostly I, I just don't really want to get kicked out of this nice, warm, comfy group that I found myself in. So I just kind of want to help as much as possible and seem as helpful as possible so that I don't, uh, get left behind. So what was your question to, uh, Juliet? How can I be the most helpful? Plenty helpful already, I mean... We don't exactly have anyone to help us out in the city except for you. There's supposed to be other people here, but um, we haven't found them yet. And that's okay, because we have you. And as long as you at least stay with us, you'll be fine. So you're really helping out a lot already, and I have to say, I, I'm actually quite surprised that you're okay with killing people. I use murdering very... Uh, sparingly. Well, I mean, I've had to do worse just to stay alive on the streets, so... Oh, you're so adorable and so likable. I knew that when we saw you stealing from us, it was a good thing. Oh, are you going to pinch her cheeks? No, Dragonborn have no conception of how cheeks work. Oh, well, how about like a little hair rustle? <laughs> yeah, sure. With, with my questions answered, I, I, I grab my cloak and I curl up on the floor again. Now, hold on. Before you go to bed, and I know it's late, yes. is there anything that we can do to help you? Because, honestly, gold and all of this fame and fortune and whatnot is screwed, but sometimes we all need, you know, something else. So, is there anything that you need from us? Well, I, um... I mean, you've fed me, you've clothed me, you've you've given me a place to, to wash myself, which is amazing. Um, I, there is something that I need to do here in the city, but I kind of want to take care of it by myself. Okay, that's fair enough. We're here to help you, and yeah, I think things are going to be looking up for you for a very long time. But uh, li listen to me, Prattle. Let's, let's get some should I. Sounds good. All right, so uh, you guys are going to bed. Is uh, everybody else going to bed? Yeah, I'm already there, so. so. All righty, Shane, let's do that thing you do where you down into the secret channel. Have Kevin. All right, give me that delicious wisdom save. Oh, no. Let's see how it happens. Wisdom click. 11. All right. So uh, you actually, uh, you have some 
kind of bad dreams, but you don't remember what they are, but you sleep throughout the night. Easy enough. All right, right. we're back. So the uh, next morning comes and um, sun's filtering through the windows and um, um, you hear a knock. Everybody hears a knock on the door to their own um, apartments in the hotel. And um, outside the door, there is a tray with breakfast. Is it the Ooh. little guy with the high-pitched voice? Um, there's actually uh, no one outside. They just uh, dropped off the carts, knocked on the door, and walked off. Easy enough. I drag it in the room. So, Alexander, what you are going to notice about your cart is there is another letter. I take Is there anything written on top of it? Uh, no, there's nothing written on top of it. Uh, it appears to be a envelope. I go and open it up. So uh, when you open it up, um, it says that um, I hear the job's completed. Meet me at my house. Aries Goldsmith. Burn this letter after reading. I go and burn it. All right. Um, I'll let everyone know what the letter said and that uh, the person will be waiting in the house. Well, she wants to meet with us. Okay. Let's go meet with her then. Unless Can we, we eat first? Business. Not really. So I uh, assume everybody eats breakfast and you're on your way back to the noble court. What do we have for breakfast? It is some fruits you don't recognize um, and some ham and some bread. What's a barrette? Bread. Oh. <laughs> The, literally the most popular food in the world, Oliver. Mmm, <laughs> bread. <laughs> yeah, we're going to the house. Okay, so uh, you guys uh, make it back up to the noble court, and you present the letter of introduction that you had before to get in, and um, the guard lets you inside, and you are back at uh, Councilwoman Goldsmith's house. So I guess everybody's going in? I would assume so. So around this time, it's probably uh, about 10 a.m. or so by the time you make it there. And then uh, when you walk inside, uh, it's much the same. Uh, You walk inside uh, the hallway and into the living room. There's the same three women that you saw before. There's Aries Goldsmith, um, the tiefling, and the mage. And as you walk in, the... uh, Aries Goldsmith says, Well done, my dark companions. I heard there was quite a tragedy at Stonetide's home. <laughs> the rumors are already running rapid through the city. People are saying there was a grisly murder there. Dawn, his wife, and a bodyguard were cut down in the dark of night by thieves. Can I presume this was your handiwork? If it was, we wouldn't tell you. We're certainly not thieves. (laughs) How coy. Please have a seat. Stewards, bring some refreshments for our friends. And then... I go uh, sit down. So uh, after you sit down, um, there is some um, stewards that uh, bring some wine and some cheeses and some bread and sits them down on a uh, coffee table in the living room. Now for what you've come for. Information on the second artifact. Exactly how much do you know of it? Not much. What can you tell us about it? 
The Amulet of Dominion was created by the Dwarven Artificer Hinnachanna, Ural Einstaff. He was known as one of the greatest Dwarven wizards that ever lived. He was an archmage at the Arcane Academy located on the Isle of Insight. He was an artificer of some great power, but his love was tinkering with machines and imbuing them with magic. The nations of Suel beat their armies against the unstoppable type that was Ruinaxis. They took heavy losses, and Urel hatched a plan to create magical devices that when planted into the skulls of lesser races and animals would allow Urel to control them to command them against the fight against Ruinaxis. With limited success, Urel turned his attention to creating the Amulet of Dominion. With it, he was able to command Ruinax's hordes to fight for him instead of against him. However, even that wasn't enough. So he hatched a plan to banish Ruinaxis after all attempts in the nation Suel face her in martial and magical combat. It's said that the amulet could control the minds of countless hordes. Seems pretty and he powerful. He probably thought of himself as a good person. What a jerk. <laughs> Yes, but doesn't all powerful people think that? Touche. What we know is the Amulet of Dominion has been secured in the Tower of Insight, but we haven't dared try to take it. It's too well guarded, and just getting into the tower is problematic if you aren't an archmage or at least a student there. There are signs of our mistress's return, and now is the time to take it. And then uh, Ares motions to the tall elf woman in a gray robe to her side. This is Steph. She is, let's say, an important person with information about the Tower of Insight. She can't act on her own, but can give you the information to get you into the tower and procure the artifact. Then uh, the elf in the uh, gray robe begins to speak, but... Uh, she looks at Juliet, stops, and smiles, giving her a uh, knowing nod. May I make an insight check? Uh, sure. Okay. 20. Two so, natural 20s. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> so um, when um, she uh, nods to uh, Juliet, uh, you can kind of tell there's she thinks there's something special about her. Special oh. is a good way to put it. Steph, the... Uh, Elven uh, Archmage says, I was able to discern last night that at least two of you have the talent for magic, albeit slight, but the talent is enough for our purpose. As Mistress Goldsmith has said, unless you are an Archmage or a student coming to the Isle for training, there's little chance you will make it into the tower itself. I have prepared your introductions this morning, and they will be expecting you. However, this theft cannot get back to you, because if it does, I will be exposed, because I had to vouch for your introductions. You will masquerade as wealthy students coming from two minor houses in the King of Dornmoth for training. You, Lady Dragonborn, will be Yorish Redscale. It's the only house of Dragonborns I know in Dornmoth, and shall pass any cursory inspection. And you, sir... And then she looks at uh, Alexander, and she says, We'll go by Fennel Hatch, the eldest son of the wealthy merchant in Dormoth. As there are only two of you, 
as we say, non-traditionally train, the rest of you will have to pretend to be servants. You servants won't have access to the tower itself, but you will have to figure out when you get there. Keep to yourselves, there's many students from Dormoth at the tower, and I don't think you want to have an awkward conversation that could expose your deception. There's a boat leaving tomorrow at noon from the Isle's embassy here in Carnley to the Isle of Insight. You will meet a mage there of the name Edris Kelp. He handles the intake of pupils. Present your introductions and keep your mouth shut. Loose lips tell easily discoverable lies, and the Isle doesn't suffer fools for long. Board the boat and make it to the Isle. Once you get to the Isle, you will be put into housing. As you are affluent students, you have been set up in private housing in the city. That took no small amount of coin to make that happen at such short notice. And then she gives a look to Ares, which you think Ares probably paid for that. That should keep you away from the other nosy students. I have maps and passwords to get you past the guards in this scroll case. But none of that matters if you can't get past the wards that guard the tower's most dangerous secrets in its citadel. In that deep hidden room are objects of terrible power. Those secrets are only known to a few, and I am one of them. The hallway that leads to the citadel is unguarded, but heavily warded. I'm assuming at least one of you novices knows how to cast the detect magic spell, yes? Yes. That won't be a problem. At all. You must first detect magic to be able to see what you're trying to defeat. I have prepared scrolls of a special dispel magic to defeat the most dangerous of the room's protections. A particularly nasty ward of mass disintegration and a special knock spell to unlock the last door to gain interest into the citadel. Do any of you know how to read and cast magic from a scroll? Indeed I do. Excellent. Inside the citadel is an anti-magic field which prevents the items from activating. You will not be able to cast any magic and any magical item you carry will not work inside the citadel. There is a research room at the back of the citadel that is not protected by the anti-magic field to allow research on these items, but that doesn't concern your mission. What does concern you is the artifact. It is a jeweled gold necklace in a glass case on the back wall of the room. You can't miss it. Don't be distracted by the other items in the room. They are locked away for a reason. That reason is they're too powerful and too uncontrollable. They are incredibly dangerous to anyone who has not studied them. Ignore everything but the artifact. Get it and get out as fast as you can. Make your apologies to the dean of the school by whatever deception that you come up with and bring the amulet back here. And at that point, Steph hands Juliet a scroll case and says, Do you have any questions? Uh, not really. I'm gonna get this thing done or else my name is a Mr. Hatch. And then, uh, Maybe when you're Aries Mr. Mr. Hatch being a bit more convincing. Ares and, uh, the, uh, and Steph give a laugh at the, uh, mention of, uh, Mr. Hatch. Since there's no other questions, Ares says, Good! Now that it's settled, you have a ship to catch soon. 
I suggest you rest and come up with whatever plans you will need once you are at the aisle. Your reward is on the table by the door. I have other business to attend to, so you can show yourselves out. And then uh, Aries Goldsmith turns and walks into her study, and uh, Steph uh, walks out the front door, leaving uh, the tiefling just staring at you. I awkwardly get up and start walking out. This is really good fruit. Luna grab does grabs a few and, and yep, goes for the door. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll do the same. I'll just uh, also just walk out. So I guess uh, you guys are going to head back to your rooms? Or is there something you want to do in the city? Uh, I want to pick up our reward on the table on the oh. way out. You pick up a bag with uh, 500 gold. Nice. Seems pretty good. I'll go and add that to my inventory. Um, where is it? Here it is. What's your uh, current gold cap uh, minus Adel's uh, uh, and uh, Talia's expenses? Adel's and Talia's expenses. Uh, I'm pretty sure I already took that out, but I can probably take out more. Where I'm currently at 1509. I'm not too sure if I had taken out a. Uh, uh, Juliet's expenses, yep. Alright, so uh, you basically have the entire day and entire night until you have to get on the boat to the Isle of Insight. Okay, We're coming uh, back to the city, right? Uh, I yeah, don't we know. have to come back. Just making sure. Yeah. Um, hey, Juliet. Oh, yes. Can I help you? Yeah, uh, quick suggestion how about we make our way over to the tailor so that we can get some clothes to look the part rather than looking like a bunch of ragtag misfits i Luna do like down at his robes. i think i look nice <laughs> yeah um do we know do i would uh alexander know offhand where the tailor's place is from wandering around um, he would know by walking around in the uh, northern markets that he could find any number of tailors there. I'm assuming that you're going to want to try to find something uh, fancy in the style of a uh, wizard a, a pupil. Right. Okay, Julius, should we go and make our way over to the north market? Figure some out. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be playing a servant, correct? Uh, you mean you are a servant and you're going to be continuing yeah. that role. <laughs> well, that's Christ. one thing that you uh, probably need to figure out because at yeah, this point... Yeah, I, I have no idea. My I, character does not. Okay, so at this point, um, Steph has told you that the two students are coming from Dormoth, uh, which is over in the uh, southeast of uh, the continent. Um, you're going to be students and you're going to be having servants attend you because you're uh, very affluent. So you need to figure out um, who's playing what part. I'd have thought that uh, Adel would hate the idea of being a servant. He very much would. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps bodyguard would suit him better. Probably. Is there much difference between a servant and a bodyguard? Yes, there is. <laughs> Servants have to take a little bit more shit than bodyguards do. Yes, I would think the servants are usually seen as doing very menial tasks. Yeah, but uh, mm. do we have to get uniforms for them as well? Um, like 
if you want to try to create some sort of livery um, or have it created in the city, you could. Okay, probably I just get can, some matching outfits. I can I can lead the the people who are going to be servants to the southern uh, market tailors, where we would find that kind of thing. Uh, well, you would find the um, you would know that the finest tailors would be in the north market. And since uh, right. gold apparently is not a um, like a concern, that's right? But servants servants may not have the money to get uh, to get uniforms made at the at the northern tailors. Yeah, but well, servants probably aren't spending their own money on livery. Fair. Well, why don't we just all go to the north district and we'll figure it out whenever we get there. All right, so I guess everybody is going to the. Uh, northern market district correct so um as you are going through you see multiple signs for you know various things from magical items to potions to um you know exotic foods and um multiple tailor shops but you see one tailor shop uh, that stands out above the rest um it is a huge three-story building and the glowing sign out front reads Marcus's Haute Couture. No less than anything else, huh? Might as well go inside and see what it's about. So uh, you walk in and there are exotic bolts of cloth everywhere. And um, there's also um, probably um, five noble ladies, um, no less, in the shop uh, picking out fabrics. And you can see that um, there's probably 10 tailors inside the shop um, fitting individual people for clothing. And uh, there appears to be a, uh, you see a tall pale half-elf with black hair and braids and a black and silver embroidered robe that is whipping people into shape. I walk up to her uh, with Juliet by my side. Whoa, 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 you're in my side. So let's get this straight here. I mean, we're both walking at the same pace. Uh huh. I walk a little faster. <laughs> that's that's gonna get you killed as a servant. Like I would just straight up, you're gone, toss you into the water. Well, all right. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fuck around as a servant, man. Yeah, I feel like servants would be would be uh would be a little less like common. You know what I mean? What if we were I mean, more like, like slavery. trainers, tutors, that sort of thing? Less servant, more educators. How, do, how about more? less educator and more caddy? I go and walk up to the fucking uh, the counter with the woman. So uh, it's not actually a woman. It's a male half-elf. Male half-elf, long that, hair, black. Yeah, so you may, and he has very androgynous features, so you may have mistaken him for a woman. And um, as you walk up to the counter, he crosses his arms, and you can see that he's just looking you up and down and says, Yes, may I help you? Please, me uh, me and my um, friend here, I mentioned to Juliet, are trying to get outfits for our time at the local, well, at the Magic College that we'll be attending soon, uh, and also for our... Uh, servants and assistants that are coming with. I was wondering if you guys could help us with that. So he says the, 
those clothes are absolutely <laughs> droll, but I'm sure you're well aware of that. <laughs> Where did you get them? At a discount clothes store in the South Market? Former clothes were damaged due to some uh, issues. Of course, of course, that makes sense. Now, what were you thinking? Mage robes for the college, you say? That's correct. Something fitting, and I know they like all their drapery and whatnot, but it'd be nice to have something a little stylish, not just this monk or, you know, religious servant kind of thing. It always bored me. Yes, yes. All the mages are so boring with their stuffy libraries and their books. Hmm. Maybe we could do something to add quite some flair to your clothing. Girls, girls, fit them. And then uh, two uh, women come out of the back and um, pull out some measuring tapes and um, start measuring Juliet and Shane. And they're getting up in all the awkward places with their tape measures. Yeah. I make awkward sounds. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Marcus says, all the clothes just for you, or will you also be outfitting your servants, are they? I'm wearing, like, fine clothes, by the way, just to let you know. Yeah, but Marcus is an Uh, asshole. How sweet. You guys can hear me now? Yep. Yes. Yes, if you could get some matching clothes for these servants, the one who's not with us decided to wash all of ours in salt water, so that is why we are missing a servant, and our clothes are frustratingly damaged. And Marcus says, I say I'm horrified. Why would anyone wash clothing in salt water? It's so abrasive, and it's hard to get the salt out itself. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll get you straight away. No worries. And then, um, you know, a couple more girls come out um, from the sides after working, finishing up with um, the uh, other women in the shop and start taking measurements um, for Adel and um, Talia, whom I'm missing, Alunidas. <laughs> so uh, they take their measurements and um, they uh, create you some fine uh, silks um, that are gray in color. And um, after they finish up, uh, finish them up, um, Marcus says, Now, would you like these boxed up or would you like to wear them out? <laughs> I'm not sure I would be walking the streets of the North Market in what you're wearing now. Boxed up, please. Of course, of course. Have it your way. So uh, he snaps his fingers and um, some uh, of the ladies in the shop um, wrap the garments up in boxes and gift wraps them and um you know puts them on the counter and marcus says of course i hate to discuss anything so vulgar as money but that will be 200 gold damn <laughs> you got it i go and hand over 200 i'm tossing in an extra 20 uh 20 gold as a tip okay so marcus says thank you for your patronage and enjoy your clothing We'll make sure to let everyone know where our clothes came from when they're so duly impressed. Yes, fine craftsmanship and word of mouth really is the best advertising. But the sign out front doesn't hurt either. (laughs) What are you doing now? Grabbing our stuff and going back to the room. 
Okay, so you make it back to the hotel and you are greeted by Steven again. Welcome back to the inn. Is there anything else I can help you with? Hey, Esteban. I think we're good for now, Steven. Thanks. Okay, just let us know if there's anything we can do to help you make your stay more pleasurable. Yeah, just go and walk all the way up to our rooms. You're not going to take the elevator? Um, I wasn't sure if the elevator is just something that we can just hop on. Guess I'm using the elevator. I'm taking the stairs. <laughs> all right, so you all make it back to your rooms. Does anybody else feel like we should talk to Stephen and find out more about him? Not really. <laughs> I I feel like there's definitely something behind him, and one of, one of the things I'm thinking of is well, we're we were just given the chance by Kevin to wear these clothes up, and we didn't. And I specifically said that so we wouldn't be followed back to our place. Someone discovers who we are really, and goes and screws with that. One thing I'd like to do is ask Stephen if we can pay him to forget about us, at least for a little bit, because he looks like he's you know the guy who would you'd go to for information. That, that's what it feels like to me. But yeah, we could try and get involved in his life, see what he's really up to. Uh, he seems rather enthusiastic for uh, someone in his place. Yes, no, maybe so. We can make him go to sleep. <laughs> he's fairly young. He's probably bought off pretty easily. That's true. Hannah does bring up a good point. And I mean, if we're not the ones buying him off, then somebody else could. And that's not a good idea. Nah, it'll be fine. We could always let our halfling friend from down in the tavern know about him. Say maybe he should kill him or something. I'm not saying we should kill the poor boy, but you know. Neither am I. I'm saying we might get to have him killed. (laughs) What are you, rich? Jeez. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think killing him is a good idea, seeing as how he hasn't really wronged us. And killing people in general, I mean, yeah, forbid to do it, but if we don't have to, wouldn't a bloody nose be better? I mean, I, I feel like just intimidating him and being like, look, if you tell anybody we're here, then you and everyone you love is not going to make it much longer. I could do that. That could work. That does sound like a good idea. We can't always fall back on the just kill him thing. It seems to work every time, though. <laughs> it's a fairly... Without fail. So far, yeah. Like, without fail. Except yes, for the but times. then it will fail. And then we'll <laughs> all be making new characters because we'll all be dead. <laughs> All right, so uh, you guys are back to the inn, and you're unboxing um, your clothing, and it is some mighty fine gear. This is like Kanye West white t-shirt level stuff. What is that even? (laughs) Kanye West has a t-shirt that sells for $200, and it's like got holes in it and shit. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate those. Well, it's listed at $200. Does anyone actually buy the damn thing? Unfortunately, yeah. yes. People got too much damn money. It's not about having the shirt. It's about telling people that you have the shirt. <laughs> I mean, so you could so you could make one at home and no one would know the difference. We uh, we talked about uh, talking to Steven and possibly in, um, intimidating him so that he doesn't, you know, tell secrets on us. Okay. What uh, secrets would Steven have? The fact that we're there. Uh, yeah, you can try. So who's 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 gonna do it? Is it gonna be me? I I think we had a discussion about that. Like I don't know, two minutes ago. I I, I know. I was just I was getting all final right. say. That's all. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And yeah, you're the one who's best at it. 
Okay. Sweet. Uh, let me go and roll. Um, uh, so are you going to go downstairs and try to find him? Yeah, let me go all the way back downstairs. <laughs> you could just take the elevator. It's not going to hurt you. That elevator is made by the hell spawn that I work for. <laughs> and you should trust it with all of your all of your faith. What faith? <laughs> In the hell spawn that you work for. I do not. I do not trust them. <laughs> I merely work for them. You so know, this, how this might not be a bad opportunity to uh, try to talk Steven into something, too. Oh, really? Like what? Uh, I don't know. All right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and walk up to him then. Okay. After so I you, you walk like a three minute fucking minutes catching my breath. <laughs> so you walk downstairs and um, at this point, the uh, lobby's pretty busy because it's probably... Uh, late afternoon and there's guests like checking in and you see um steven loading up carts and helping uh people on their way up um to the elevator uh okay how should i how should i approach him i'm gonna let him finish doing that actually okay so um you see uh steven take um this one couple that uh, appears to be dwarves up um into the elevator and mm-hmm. then um, probably five minutes later, you see Steven come back off the elevator with an empty cart. I'll approach him uh, and say, hey, hello, Steven. Hello, big man. Is there anything I can help you with? Here, I take him like over to the side to a, like, a quieter area, away, a, a little more private if I can. Okay, he walks over with you. Uh, and then I, uh, I, I go, it would be a shame if you were to go tweeting like a little bird uh because bad things happen to little birds who go tweet tweet you know what i'm saying no i don't because this is a medieval (laughs) fantasy world and we don't have social media (laughs) god damn it kevin i'll break your legs if you tell anybody about us let's start let's just do that (laughs) what Uh, we're trying to i'm trying to intimidate him correct this guy's making threats. Kick him off Twitter. <laughs> I guess that's jokes on you. I was never there. On. Yeah, you, you looked up his Twitter handle, and he's got a uh, a uh, a frog as his uh, a uh, his uh, Twitter profile picture. Uh, can I like pick him up and then get advantage on intimidate? Like hold him by like the collar. Um, is <laughs> you could, but is that something you really want to be doing in the lobby of this hotel? Oh, I didn't know I was in the lobby. I thought I was. Yeah, no. You're in the middle of the of the lobby. All right. Everybody coming in and out. And <laughs> yeah, you're just like talking to this kid. There uh, are just, witnesses here. Can I just go ahead and make a, an, an intimidation check? I meant to do that a little more discreet. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be the downfall of us, Oliver. Okay, so. We're, we're leaving soon, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, make an intimidation check. All right, come on, no whammies. So that's a uh, twenty-one. So what are you saying to him? Oh, sorry. What I just said about uh, breaking his legs. I say that. He says, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, "I know I made fun of you in the elevator before, but wh- wh- why would you want to break my legs?" 
Don't tell anybody about our comings and goings, alright? Alright? And I put if, one gold coin in his hand, and then I walk away. If anything, we're nothing but d discreet here. Hell yeah. And then I walk away, and I put on my sunglasses while I poke myself in the eye with the sunglasses and go out. And then I stop and go, shut. And then I go back upstairs slowly, and a little bit exhausted. Uh, before you do, give me a perception check. Okay. I'm good at those. Three! <laughs> Before you get on the stairs, uh, what you don't see is Steven just, he's crying. Aww. I should shake him. <laughs> You're a ter terrible person. This is an evil campaign, is it not? Uh, you intimidate this uh, little, f like, 13, 14 year old boy uh, and made him cry. And he's not going to be saying anything about you. Even though we probably wouldn't have been just because they're discreet at this hotel. Um, you're walking Hell back yeah. up the steps. So what's going on now? I go to my room. Uh, I, I Actually, I'll go to Juliet's door and knock on it real quick. One moment. Ah, Ido, how can I help you? It's done. Fantastic. I want to say I'm surprised, but... Uh, Good job. I nod in agreement and then go back and go to my room. Come back and visit anytime. Okay. All right. Anybody want to do anything else? Does Talia have anything she needs to take care of before we leave the city? No, I'll handle it when we come back. Alrighty. If you come back. Ba -ba -ba! Uh, uh. So, uh, are we just saying that um, we're all hanging out? Uh, tonight eating dinner and uh, waiting to go to the embassy the next morning yep. uh, I think we need to establish our rules in this whole thing so like we like idea. baseline baseline rule me and Juliet are students everyone else are like servants but Edel isn't a big fan of being a quote unquote servant I so really we need to figure out I need we need to figure out how to uh, make this uh as less uh, abrasive as possible. Well, he's the head servant, of course. <laughs> I'm not plus taking orders some... from... No. No orders from him. No. <laughs> yeah, plus like we need some character. sort of context for what they're doing and what their uh, purpose is. You, uh, like... you said head servant. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but I don't think Ada would be very good at being head servant. I feel like that's just a bad idea. <laughs> uh, I go and knock on everyone's door and gather the people. And, uh, I guess we'll meet in Juliet's room. Alright. Uh, okay. So, me and Juliet are the students. Uh, let's figure out, because you guys are supposed to be our quote-unquote servants. So, we need to figure out what quote-unquote roles you guys are going to be filling so that if uh, we get pried into about why you're with us, we actually have a good reason and also so that you guys aren't uh, upset about what you're doing. Because I know that Edel is not very keen on being a servant. I will not go down to that level. Uh, so how are we going to divvy this up? So Edel, uh, bodyguards sound good? Eh, it'll do. Cool. You'll be with me, Edel. Who do you want, Juliet? 
We're doing it like a draft, I guess. I guess so. Who's going to get picked last? Are you doing an eeny, meeny, miny, mo Red Rover kind of bullshit? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. We're drafting, so there I picked I picked Edel. Julia's going to pick somebody. Oh, well, obviously Perhaps Talia. Perhaps sharing. Yeah. With, and, uh, uh, Edel as bodyguard for the pair of you, myself as a major domo of sorts, and Talia as a runner. And ladies' maid, a, a woman of your stature would have someone to help her dress. Yes, that is true. Wait, yeah, my size? What? I have a lunar stature. No, not size. Uh, <laughs> You're thick, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll get a lunar dust. Five. So that's that's how it divvies up, I guess. So Edo will be my bodyguard. Correct. Lunar dust will. Uh, uh, what do you, what do you want to do, Lunatus? Major Domo, as I said, managing the apartments. Oh, so just being like a housekeeper, Major Domo. You know it, housekeeper. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so that seems Adel can accompany enough. the pair of you. I can stay in the home and guard that and watch over our things, while uh, Talia would have free run of the city. Easy enough. Um, hey, Kevin. Uh, what do we know? If uh, Edo came, like, with armor with him, would they allow that on board? That would make sense for me being a bodyguard. Yeah, yeah I mean, if he's sure. a bodyguard, he would have, like, armor with some sort of livery over top of it. There you okay. go. Yeah. Um, so, you got armor. Uh, I would assume that we need to stop by and get some livery in the morning or something to put over, or do we have something? Uh, no, that's what uh, you guys just bought at the tailors. Okay. Got it. Okay, seems pretty, seems easy enough. And honestly, I mean, if you're, you know, going to the embassy or to the Isle of Insight, they're not really worried about anybody with a weapon or a sword, or like, you know, armor yeah. or a sword. Yeah, <laughs> makes because sense. Because there's like super powerful majors here. <laughs> you're just like magic missile me into hell. Yeah, they kind of look down on that. It's like, huh, toys. How sweet of them. Well, seems easy enough. I guess we'll just uh, go to the ship in the morning. All right, so um, everybody is going to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, Shane, let's uh, drop down into the secret channel again. It's right. that time again, huh? All right, give me that tasty, tasty wisdom save. Let's see if I can do something. 16. Um, you sleep peacefully through the night with no dreams. Easy enough. Uh, let me copy and paste this stuff. So, Juliet, uh, put in chat, uses weapon bond to magically stash away the magical halberd and a plus one longsworn. Yeah, it's for future reference, so I can say, aha, I magically summoned this to my hand, and I have some proof that I actually did the work to do it. Is that a spell, or what is that? It's a class feature for Eldritch Knight. Oh, nice. Uh, you can use a bonus action to summon a bonded weapon to your hand from anywhere on the same plane. Can't be disarmed, and you can have two bonded weapons at the maximum. So they get stored away in a little dimensional pocket or some stuff, and you just summon them straight from there. So that uh, plus one longsword, is that what you got from uh, Alexander? Uh, yes. Alexander, do you want that back at any point, or are you just using a crossword? Yeah, I don't know. Just give it to me, or... Do I have a halberd? I have a halberd. Do you want a halberd? <laughs> no. No, I'm saying, isn't that right. like your main weapon? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I kind of want my longsword. 
Oh, you can have your longsword back. It's plus one, right? I it think, is. I think Shane gave you the longsword in the last episode because you were in that fight. Because you didn't take a weapon to a weapon fight. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Brought your fist to a robbery. <laughs> you brought, yeah, you oh. brought your fist to a sword fight. Your fist yep, there. Right. <laughs> All right, take your longsword back then. I won't miss it. Got it. So uh, has everybody... Uh, done everything that they knew to, uh, need to do tonight are we moving on to the scene tomorrow morning actually um i'm gonna see what i can do about buying some poison uh okay um so what would i buy poison you would probably need to find like a disreputable uh, a disreputable apothecary in the southern market uh all right so i guess i'll go to the southern market real quick uh streetwise a thing uh, I think it was in 4th edition, but now it's not. Uh, what would be that skill now? Maybe... Investigation? Yeah, like, either that or, like, history would make a lot of sense. Uh, probably investigation. Give me that check, because you don't... Well, or history, right. because or you're from... The, well, uh, he could do history because, um, Adel is actually from Carnley. So, roll history? Uh, either history or investigation, whichever you want. All right. That's a 12. Um, what you would know is you would need to go down to the uh, southern market, probably towards the warehouse district, and start asking questions to see if you could find someone who's selling it. Cool. Uh, I guess I'll go do that. So, uh, do you want me to, like... So you make it down to the market, and uh, you see uh, some a shady guy hanging out on um, the street corner. Um, All in right. uh, the southern uh, warehouse district. Cool. Uh, I guess I'll go up to and like, uh, like covertly ask him if he if he's got if he's selling anything. He says, "Are you a guard? If you're a guard, you got to tell me." <laughs> I'm not a guard. I'm just rich. What are you looking for? Poison. Strongest you got poison you say let's see the color of your coin what coin is that you're not there shut the fuck up <laughs> you're not there shut up <laughs> no but i'm saying i have all the gold yeah where do you yeah, get it i've got 73 i sold some shit remember i do so um, you would know that this poison would probably run at least like 15 gold so are you going to pull that out and show it to him yeah i'll, I'll show him uh i'll show him 15 gold he says, that'll do. Follow me. I follow him. You uh, follow him um, down an alley and into a um, like kind of a, a door that's not marked. And inside, um, there's uh, three people hanging around and smoking something really strange smelling. Mm, um, the devil's that, lettuce. Yeah, you don't recognize <laughs> it. Uh, but give me a uh, constitution save. Oh, all right. On two unnatural twenties. So um, you're smelling this, and you kind of feel like you're getting a little lightheaded, but you think that might just be your head messing with you. And um, the guy uh, right. walks up to a uh, old woman who is uh, behind the counter of the shop and whispers something to her, and then uh, she nods, 
and then she reaches underneath the counter and she pulls out a vial and sticks it, uh, puts it on the counter and looks at you and says, 20 gold. 20 gold. I already paid. Um, and then the guy says, yeah, you haven't paid me anything, which you haven't. You haven't paid anybody anything. You just showed him that showed him that you had gold. It was 15, not but two seconds ago. No, that's just what your impression was, is what that would probably, what it would be worth. And then she asked for 20. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I'm going to try and barter a little bit. Okay. Uh, give me a, a persuasion check. All right. 21. Okay. What are you <laughs> going to uh, say to this uh, little uh, old human lady behind the counter? Uh... I'm sure a young lady like yourself can get plenty of money. This is what I got. And then I, I slide over 15. And uh, she giggles and says, You're quite the charmer. Sure, 15 gold will be enough. And then she slides the vial over to you and then takes the uh, 15 gold off the counter and sticks it into her uh, dress. Alright, I, uh, I, put, I put the vial into my my bag and then i start heading back to the inn you not want to ask what kind of poison it is <laughs> yeah i should do that now that i think what kind of poison is this so uh she says it's cockatrice poison very potent oh yeah how many drops does it take to kill one dose should do it even the hardiest of dwarves well we know how hardy dwarves are who knows how i'll well just go do against them I'll just put an eight. <laughs> uh, and then I, uh, I say, thank you. I will, I might come back and participate in your service again. Uh, and then I start walking out. She just stares at you as you walk out the door. Oh, all right. So what you've got is a one-time use poison that will have to be applied to some sort of weapon. Oh, okay. And what it does is one D eight, poison damage per round and it also does uh immobilization oh wow that's a lot of damage (laughs) uh so i guess i guess i'm ready to go if everyone else is yep all right so the next morning is everybody on the uh enroll 20 on the map i am yes yep yep so where I'm pinging up on the map at number 29 in the uh, northwest portion of the map, that is the uh, embassy um, for the Isle of Insight. So you're going to have to cross back over the uh, the bridge again and go through um, the uh, shitty part of town and then uh, take a boat over to the embassy. Cool. So I'm assuming you're getting getting on the ferry it's going to cost you um three gold uh to uh cross over on the ferry to the embassy and it's paying uh what you notice is there are two towers on this um fairly large aisle out middle of the uh, salt river that runs through carnley uh and there's also uh, many homes um and some docks on the uh, aisle itself. As you pull onto the aisle, um, 
there are some guards uh, on the other side of the dock that are going to uh, ask for your introductions. And they say, um, welcome to the embassy of the Isle. How can we help you? So uh, I'm guessing you're handing over your papers of introduction that um, Steph have, has uh, given you. Correct. I believe it was Idris Kelp, something like that. Um, he is the uh, the person that you're going to meet with, but he is not the uh, the guard hanging. Oh, out. gotcha. Okay. So um, you hand over your introduction papers, and um, the guard compares it with the uh, the scroll that he has with uh, apparent inductees, and says uh, everything seems to be in order. You can go in. Thanks. So I guess we head in. I guess we all walk in. So you walk into the embassy, and uh, it is. You thought that the uh, the mansion that uh, Goldsmith had was opulent, but the inside of this place is just incredible. It's magically enhanced. Um, you know, every light in the place is lit by fairy fire. Um, there's nice uh, rugs and chairs and couches and tables everywhere. There. Uh, appears to be like a banquet table at the back room that uh other people are helping themselves to and as you look around you see that there are probably 10 other people that you would think are students that will be heading to the isle of insight uh, milling about either with their heads and books or having some wine or uh eating from the buffet table I like to make a perception check to see if there's any one of them that stands out. Okay, uh, go ahead. 15. So, what you do notice by looking around is there appears to be a drow in a dark, like, charcoal gray cloak in the corner who uh, appears to be uh, all alone by herself. It's a uh, lady drow. And um, she is not um, partaking of any of the food or reading. She appears to be just reading the room and trying to keep herself hidden. Uh, I make a mental note of it, but don't really pursue anything. Yeah, everything else in the room seems to be just like, you know, almost like some, you know, Harry Potter in, you know, going to college like bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. You're there um, probably about an hour or so. You're thinking it's getting on towards noon. There is a gnome in a red cloak that walks into the room and claps his hands and says, May I have everyone's attention? The boat for the Isle of Insight shall be leaving soon. Please gather your things and prepare yourself for departure. Can I make a perception check to see if that's uh, our man? Um, Is it the same guy? You really wouldn't do that, know that, because he hasn't introduced himself? No, can I see him, or is it, can I just hear his voice? No, you can see him. Okay. Um, You just use the same voice as the guy from the, uh, from the hotel, so I wasn't sure if it was, like, the same guy or not. Oh, you thought it was Steven, the hotel lobby guy that went all the way to the embassy? Yeah, I was like, man... The guy who uh, thanks for calling me out on my limited amount of voices I could do. I appreciate that. That's reasonable. But I was like, wait a minute. 
Is he, did he get transferred over here? And then we have to deal with the awkward conversation. Hey, it's me, Steven. <laughs> that son of a bitch. <laughs> so uh, everybody starts gathering up their things. The gnome walks back through the hallway and says, follow me. And then uh, everybody picks up their things and starts following him through this hallway. And uh, it leads out through these double doors on the uh, east side of the island. And there's a large ship with a gangplank and says, uh, and the gnome says, uh, all aboard for the Isle of Insight. I go on board. That's us. Yep. Let's do this. And I think that's probably a pretty good place to end it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. A lot of people say this, but we really do want to hear from you. Are we shinier than a platinum piece? We're stankier than a cobalt's loincloth. Let us know what you liked and didn't like. Everything helps this make a better podcast for you. Got an idea for monsters, items, and commercials? Let us know about it. You might hear it in the show. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Dungeons and Debacles Podcast. We also have a website where you can learn more about the characters, lore, and maps of this world. You'll also find articles about Dungeons and Dragons and a whole lot more. Just search Dungeons and Debacles Podcast. Do you think the government of Luskane is spying on you and you don't have a social media account? Then email us at dungeondebacle at gmail.com. You can also check out the theme song and all the commercials you heard on the podcast on our YouTube account. Just search Dungeons and Debacles Podcast. New episodes come out every Sunday, so check your podcast app. And now a word from this week's sponsor. As an important, powerful, and wealthy person, it could be so hard to stand out in the crowd these days. Make a statement wherever you go with the latest and forward-thinking fashions from Marcus's Haute Couture. We have the finest materials from all corners of Suel, exotic dyes in every shade of the rainbow, and unrivaled craftsmanship. Whether it's your wedding, a graduation, a holiday, or a coronation, we have a style for any occasion that will make you look your best. They will know you came to Marcus as soon as you walk into the room. Located in the finest shopping district in Conley and the world, you can find us in the North Market. Marcus's Haute Couture. Because you are worth it. The music you heard on this episode was Moonlight Hall, Teller of the Tells, Tempting Secrets, Village Consort, Zazzy, Wizard Torium by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. You can find that license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.